Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey Jonathan, how's it going? You're in studio. I am in a nice studio. I, this is a great setup here in the new Lifeway building. It is, it is. We have quite the setup here in Lifeway and uh, first time you've been here. It is, it is. I am very excited to be in the new Lifeway building. Those who are listening and haven't made it here, it is definitely worth a visit. Um, I got here this morning and uh, on the day we're recording and so neat to walk in uh, to the lobby. You guys have done a great job with Thank everything you. here. Thank you. Yeah, I'll get to do the full tour after the uh, the podcast we're done, show you some of the, the yeah. cooler parts of the building. It's 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 a great place. We love it. I've uh, been here almost a year. Yeah. Um, be a year next month, and I I absolutely love coming to work. So it's it's fantastic. Well, it it's really neat. And I told you when I got here, I was doing some reminiscing because uh, Nashville's changing so much. Buildings can have come down. That new buildings true. have come up, and I'm pretty sure that this is on the same or right next to the same uh, property where I did an internship in 12th grade. So I didn't realize it till I was driving up where I was. So now it's just like. Everything in this city is changing. It's yes, it's really cool. It is for sure. You're gonna to have to drive around and well, I, any, anywhere you drive in Nashville now. I don't know when. When's the last time you've been here? It's been a while. Um, it has been a while. I haven't been downtown since before the building implosion. So yesterday I was okay. Uh, so it'd have been over Christmas, there I guess. and it's seeing these big hole in the ground. It's it's crazy. That's so right. I've been to Tennessee since, but not not downtown. Yeah. So. All right. Well, we're going to jump into this week's episode uh, here in just a second. But before we do that, we do want to thank our sponsor each and every week. Located in Louisville, Kentucky, the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary is committed to training future pastors, missionaries, and gospel leaders. You can learn more about undergraduate, graduate, and doctoral degree programs by visiting sbts.edu. Amy, huge news out of NAM this week. We have topped not just 60, but $61 million dollars in the Annie Armstrong Easter offering, first time ever, record giving, up over $2 million from last year. Just a huge, huge uh, offering that was given for North American Mission Board uh, every year. So uh, it just, I mean, this is this is big news. It really is. And, you know, I think going into this meeting, I assumed, I'm sure you did, that although we all knew the news about Johnny Hunt, that that would be sort of the biggest thing to come out of this well, meeting. Not the, just Johnny. Yes. But Dahati. Yes, the Hottie Lewis. Because that, that kind of uh, happened last week. Jeff Christofferson resigned uh, as his vice president of the Sin Network. There was some extended family that he was going to move and take care of, going pastor, you know, those kind of things. And we wish him all the best in that. But that allowed uh, a spot for the Hottie Lewis yes. to fill uh, as the vice president of the North American Mission Board for uh, the Sin Network and, and church Yeah, planning. so a lot of big things coming out. And yes, as we uh, expected, I think we threw out there as a prediction yeah. that Johnny Hunt would be approved yeah. by the trustees, and he was. <laughs> they did. Um, they approved him. So I, I, I'm i not going to go so far as to brag and say we're, uh, we're, we're great prognosticators. Yeah, we're one for think, one on that. I, I think most people probably were prepped for that. But, you know, we, you look at it and think, well, that's big enough news. But frankly, this, I think, is that this is the big thing to come out, that we yes. passed $61 million yes. on the Annie Armstrong. I've said it time and time again on yep. the podcast and off. Andy Armstrong is up because people understand what's going on at the North American Mission Board. It's a clear, concise vision. They can follow it. They see the results, and they're giving, and they're they're following it with their pocketbooks. And it, it's great. They Kevin are Ezell, great job. Yeah, they are. It 
it makes a difference when, you know, some of these videos that they release, you actually can see what some of the church plants are doing yeah. on the ground. So you have a real sense. And even we we obviously have been able to see all that Send Relief uh, is doing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're getting to have a tangible understanding. Yes, very much so. And I've been hanging out with a couple of the Send Network uh, church planners that are out in Salt Lake City this week. They're in town for a uh, missions conference at my church. I've been hosting those guys and really enjoying my time with them. They have been telling me just some of the the incredible stories of how God is moving out in the West and just some of the unique challenges they have in uh, Salt Lake City, which is they they described it uh, more like missionary work in a Muslim country because of the like those who convert from Mormonism to Christianity, the social loss that they experience they experience the same thing it's very very similar uh not quite to the extreme as in some of the muslim countries but at the same time the social loss that that comes along with that is enormous for those out there so um just really enjoyed hanging out with them and i'm seeing firsthand what nam is doing through the send initiative and uh i i know that dahadi being at the north american mission board he's been there for a while directing the boulevard uh project and now, as the vice president of the Sin Network, that's going to open doors uh, that we previously have not had open. Kevin Ezel talked to him this week, said it is already paying dividends. Just having that announcement, he said there was so much excitement about that announcement. I know you know Dahadi uh, and his family. Uh, we've met a few times as well. It just w- there are exciting days ahead for the North American Mission Board. All right, down to New Orleans. More huge news this week, Amy, and there were five. New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary President Chuck Kelly announced his retirement this week after spending more than 43 years of his life at the seminary, uh, 35 as a faculty member and administrator, and eight as a student. So of the 43 years of its 100th-year history that they're celebrating this week, I mean, he's been a part of the seminary. Yeah, I mean, really his life and calling has been— uh, to New Orleans Seminary and to the city of New Orleans, yeah. really. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's uh, that is his place, and uh, where the Lord has used him. Um, it was a really big day because obviously this was a big announcement, um, but it happened on the day where they were celebrating Founders Day. So there was a lot of reflection mm-hmm. over the past century, yeah. uh, and then his announcement. You know, starting to think about okay, what does the next century hold? Yeah. Uh, so really, really big week at New Orleans Seminary, which then uh, makes a, a shift because then we start looking at what we now have five yeah. openings. Mm-hmm. And now Kelly did announce that he plans to begin a renewed focus on research in the SBC's evangelism issues. That's something that he's been uh, discussing a, a lot over the past few months and uh, even had the book come out that he talked about at the annual meeting uh, that we published here at Lifeway on uh you know evangelism in the sbc so uh the trustees uh it says in the baptist press story here and, and go and check out all these stories each and every week like we uh, we mentioned but uh the, the trustees will enact the seminary's presidential search protocol that sounds official Amy. during their fall meeting october 3rd uh that was uh, just a couple of days ago the seminary bylaws call for chairman frank cox to appoint a committee with 11 voting members uh, this is different than what we've seen at a lot of the other uh entity openings that we have amy it includes a board chairman, the immediate past chairman, one faculty member, and get this, one student member, yeah. and seven other board members. So it's not just a group of seven or ten or whatever board members 
like we've seen at some of the others or 15 like at IMB includes a student and faculty. Yeah. And now I'm I'm trying to remember. I mean, every every process is yep. different. And I know most search committees do consult students. Yes. They'll have student yeah, advisory yeah, yeah. groups or things yeah, like that. We've seen the roundtables at Southwestern, right. uh, those town hall meetings or whatever you want to call. Right. I, I don't know that I've seen this in a Southern Baptist entity. I want to say when my college, uh, which is not a Southern Baptist college, uh, had an op- had the presidential opening, I think they put a student on the search committee. Yeah. So it's not the first time I've heard of it. In so like the student body president or something? Something like that. Yeah. So it's not the first time I've heard of it in the world of higher ed. But I don't know that I remember hearing it in one of our institutions. So very interesting. I should enroll. That way I can be, let's see if it'll pick me. <laughs> um, I think it's probably a little... Somebody a little more connected and a little more... Yes. <laughs> skin in the game there. Yeah, probably so. That would be funny. All right. Well, uh, we wish them all the best. And we'll, we'll look for an announcement on who those committee members are. We'll bring them to you here on a future podcast. As a result of this announcement and the others that we mentioned, you know, we said there are five now. Uh, J.D. Greer, the, pa- the president of the Southern Baptist Convention, has called on the convention to pray and fast on this Monday, October 8, for the presidential search committees at the five SBC entities uh, that are currently looking for their next leader. That's going to be on Monday, October 8th. And he wrote, uh, he, he wrote, from the moment our 2018 convention convened, I have sensed that God is doing something unprecedented in our midst. With many of the changes we have seen in SBC leadership recently, that sense has only increased. Today, we received news of Dr. Chuck Kelly's upcoming retirement, which means that there are now five national entities seeking new leaders. I believe God is up to something that, if we are humble and faithful, can prepare us for greater days of effectiveness for the Great Commission. Yeah, and he requested that we pray specifically for four things. One, wisdom for the search committee at each entity in assessing what is needed most for effective ministry in the 21st century. Boldness in asking difficult questions. Loving kindness as search committee members interact with one another. And that God's face would shine upon us as a people, not for our sake, but that Jesus' name would be made known to the ends of the earth. So uh, I know a lot of people have reached out and, and affirmed this calling. There were some other history tidbits in the story, Amy. Uh, David Roach went and uh, consulted some some of the, uh, the the history books and found a couple things. And, you know, everybody's like, this is unprecedented. Well, actually, it, it is quite and, precedented. Uh, yeah, and I actually <laughs> thought the same. I, yeah. thought five, I thought five is the most. Yeah, but well, in our current setup, five is like, a lot of the current setup. It's almost half because right. we only have 12 entities. But you remember at one point, oh, there were a we ton. had a lot of entities. We had a lot of entities. So yeah, a we lot had... of entities mean more openings and more likely for this to happen. Right. Bef- and it has happened. Yes. Before the covenant for a new century, and this is in the, the story, David did a great job researching this. Uh, we had 19 entities. So all of a sudden that you can see how you might have several you yes. know, at one point. Yes. So in 1951 and 1953, uh, we had actually, I think, six at one point. Um, and twice, yeah, 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 twice, and 27, 28, and 78, and 79. Uh, the 27 and 28, uh, those were kind of low lights marked by embezzlement scandals, both at the international, what's now the International Mission Board and NAM. Um, right, the, the big one being the Clinton Carnes, $909,000, uh, that he embezzled as the treasurer of the Home Mission Board, which that, in today's, a lot of money, y'all. yeah, which thinking for inflation, that that would have. That would equal thirteen point four million dollars. Yeah. at this time, there's so, a song written about that. Yeah, you've, you've heard the song. I have. It's yeah. it, it's it's a pretty incredible uh, story and a very dark time in the history of the SVC. But 
we have a bright time in the history of the SBC, Amy, because it's the first of the month. You know what that means. CP. And we ended the fiscal year 2.63% above our goal of $192 million. We had a total of $197,44,828.14. Don't forget the 14 cents there. Given through the cooperative program this past year, we had our budget, Amy. Yes, we did. So this is not just first of the month. This like about the, the month. This is end of the year. So this is to to report on how we did. So two point six three percent over our goal. Um, so that's that's good. I mean, t- it's a couple well, of things. Yeah. One, people are Thank showing. You. Yes, we made budget, but also <laughs> folks are showing up and giving. Also, that means our executive committee is there assessing. You know, things are are kind of matching up. Yeah. Um, but we do budgeting have well. right budgeting well. But we do have uh, an overage there. Yes, and so um, so they've wrapped that up, and now we start over again. Yeah, we do. This year's budget one hundred ninety four million dollars. Had to look that up. That was passed at the annual meeting earlier this year. Uh, but one hundred and ninety four million dollars is the budget for this next year, which comes up to like. $16,666,000 million, $66, a month or something like that. This past year was a little bit easier. It was $16 million a month, so I knew what the budget was and where we were on that. But uh, the you mentioned the overage, Amy. Don't forget the first $250,000 of that overage has been set aside for the Presidential Study on Sexual Abuse, and the rest of that money, uh, the remaining, I don't know, $4.75 million or so, uh, will be split as follows, 53.4% to IMB, 22.79% to NAM, 22.16% to the seminaries, bonus for Amy, and 1.65% to the ERLC. Do y'all get bonuses out of that? No? Probably no. not. No. <laughs> she just looks at me like I have two heads. Like, no, no, no. And, and and here's why, because that that's not a bonus for us. No. Any, anything like that would just go back to benefit to our students. students. That's right. Yes. That's right. As it should. Okay, Amy, it's that time of year. We have state conventions. Here we go. It's We're the fall. Getting it started in the great white north. Do you know what we call it um, at, at Southeastern? What? Um, because we have admissions counselors at so many of them, we call it the turkey tour. Turkey tour? Yeah, because it's in like oh wow November. Okay, because it's in November. Well, it's it's October now. I I know, but November. Yes, I know it's October now, so they get started. But November is when most of them are happening. So well, the Alaskans would take. Okay, I'm sorry. It's not time for the turkey tour yet. I don't know what we would call it. The pumpkin tour. Something. I'm not really sure. Pumpkin tour. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, the pumpkin path, and then it turns into the turkey tour. Yes, there you go. Because we have, I think, because they have to do a lot of logistics to get everybody placed, yeah. all the different places they're supposed to go. Yeah. So in Alaska, yes, they had uh, forty-seven guests and one hundred and twenty-two messengers come from the forty-four uh, come from forty-four of the conventions, one hundred and sixteen churches, and uh, they decided uh, some changes here. They passed a thing called Vision for a New Tomorrow, with a majority vote at the Alaska Baptist Convention. That changed a few things up in Alaska. They transitioned uh, to six regions that will each have a regional facilitator available to uh, the most remote of churches and locations in the state. Uh, Alaska, big state, very remote. Um, Instead of the four associations that they had clustered around the concentrations of churches. So that that meant the, the churches in the remote areas got a lot less because the associations were clustered around the 
churches. Right. So they, they did that. And to facilitate that, that means they cut their CP giving to the national cooperative program from 37 percent to 20 percent. So their their thought was and the quote is, if we're going to reach our state for Christ, we're going to have to keep more money at home. And uh, that was from Randy Covington, the executive director of the Alaska Baptist Convention. They're also considering a name change, Amy, to the Alaska Baptist Resource Network. It's, uh, it has not had a decision made on that, but they are strongly considering that. It says it's a strong possibility to happen. Uh, their budget was trimmed to uh, $882,662.49. That's their income with uh, extra coming from NAM Lifeway and some uh, trust funds. 672000 of that will come from CP gifts from the churches. Uh, 20% is going to pass on, like we said. So that's about $134,000 passed on to the CP. And and just to kind of reflect on that for a second, I know that we talk a lot. I know that people talk a lot about wanting all 50 states to get to 50%. But I think that it's an important perspective to remember that some of these frontier states, and especially this one, which yeah. is so large, um, and so far away. And so far away. Yeah, the expenses that they are going to incur to get where they need to go, they're pretty significant. And so you can see, I mean, he says that the decision was unanimous, but it was very emotional. He said uh, it's not something we want to brag about, but something born of necessity. So I think, you know, really understanding some of the decisions they're facing, their responsibility is to reach Alaska. Yeah. That's what they're called to do. Mm-hmm. So. And the election side of things, Tracy Simmons, a pastor of Christ Community Church in Anchorage, was unanimously elected as president. Scott Belmore, campus minister at University of Alaska at Anchorage, was elected first vice president. Cliff Day, pastor of First Baptist in Anchorage, was elected second vice president. And Anna Allen, member of the First Baptist Church in Anchorage, was unanimously elected as the recording secretary. Um, Excellent. Just a couple other notes in here. There are 18 church planners serving in Alaska. So we got 18 church plants All right. going up there. So that, that's kind of cool. I didn't know we had that many. Actually, in Alaska, it's kind of cold. Hey, uh, But, um, yeah, I didn't realize we had that many church plants in Alaska. Over to New York, Amy. Their 50th anniversary, and uh, they are increasing their CP as a result. We, t- we talked about this. This was in a history moment about the BCNY several, uh, se- several months back. It was like the first, remember when yeah. they were going to have their initial, uh-huh. and I think we even talked about how they were coming up on 50. Yeah, and, and they were, um, remember we talked about that in that, uh, the Baptist in Ohio had like birthed it out of, you know, it was kind of, they were one of the sponsoring conventions that helped create the New York Baptist uh, Convention, or the, the Baptist Convention of New York. Mm-hmm. And um, Jack Kwok, the executive director of Ohio, was on hand to present them a, um, a like a, a, t- a memento celebrating the occasion, as well as uh, preaching and, and teaching at the conference. Very so, nice. So uh, they also announced that they sold their building earlier in the year. They're going to lease back the lower floor. They got $215,000 for selling their building. They're going to lease back the lower floor. Uh, I guess it's just unused space. Okay. So uh, needed to, to do that. And uh, they had 82 messengers from 56 churches attend the sessions just a couple of weeks ago. Um, they increased, like we said, they increased their CP to 29.5% up from 29% last year. They've been increasing at about a half a percent or 1% every year and elected a president, Bruce Aubrey, a pastor of Northside Church in Liverpool, New York, and Vice President Alberto Camacho, pastor of the Rock Church in West Haverstraw, New York. Um, they also... Uh, re-elected recording secretary Van McLean, the pastor of Perry Road Baptist Church in Saratoga Springs, and the assistant recording secretary Matt Evans, pastor of New Life Baptist in Niagara Falls, and none of the officer elections were 
contested. Very good. All right, some news from the IMB. Amy Sebastian Traeger has announced his uh, resignation at the IMB as uh, David Platt has left as well. His statement when he announced it was, I believe the primary role of an EVP is to lead alongside the president. And in light of David's transition, I want to respect this opportunity to give our future president total freedom to choose the right person to serve alongside him in the future. Um, So it was a very positive uh, letter where he just thanked everyone, voiced appreciation, uh, and and talked about his time there. Uh, he became the executive vice president just after David Platt's election in November 2014. So uh, he, he said he's not sure, or he said he does not know what lies ahead, um, but he is trusting uh, the Lord in that. So that uh, was a was a big announcement. I heard about that from several people this week. All right. Moving uh, down in that article. Uh, Shannon Baker is going to lead the Pennsylvania Jersey uh, Communications, the Pennsylvania South Jersey uh, Baptist Resource Network. Uh, that's what they're called, Baptist Resource Network of Pennsylvania South Jersey, has hired Shannon Baker as their new director of communications. Shannon comes to this state convention from a sister state convention. She was the editor of Baptist Life for the Baptist Convention of Maryland, Delaware. Yes, and also director of yeah. communications there. So yes. she's got a long history uh, in Southern Baptist communications. Um, she she's was, the immediate past president. That's right. Of the Baptist Communicators Association. Yes, and she's been part of the Baptist Press coverage team for over 12 years. Uh, she was director of public relations at New Orleans Seminary. She's just done tons of stuff. She knows uh, messaging in the SBC, and she is a good friend, also a graduate of Southeastern Seminary. Oh, so, look at you. Yep. Yeah, so she's making that transition. Uh, she's done incredible work at Maryland, Delaware, um, but she and her husband had moved uh, to Pennsylvania. They they went there. Um, uh, her husband is pastor, has been a church planter. Yeah. So I think she'd even been commuting a little bit down to oh, wow. Maryland, Delaware, doing some maybe remote work. So this places her where they are. Yes. And uh, bought into their state that they're in. So that's good. Um, some other news, Amy, down the road from you in North Carolina at the Southern Evangelical Seminary, it's been announced that Paige Patterson, uh, the former president at Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary and Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary, will be co-teaching an ethics course with Dr. Richard Land, the former president of the ERLC. Uh, there's some information about that. You can find out more if you're interested in auditing that or taking the class. Right. Uh, it could be credited for bachelor's, master's, and demon credit levels through Southern Evangelical Seminary. A bit of a surprise, I've got to admit. And uh, we'll keep an eye on this and yes. see if uh, anything else develops. It will be live streamed as well. Uh, so it's on campus, live streamed if you're not there, if anyone would like to audit it or take it for credit. Uh, that's October 15th through the 20th. All right. Now, finally, as we look toward Birmingham, had a bit of a surprise this past week because October 1st, for all of us SPC nerds. It was not hotel day. It wasn't hotel day, but it's always hotel day. But there's a reason that it wasn't Hotel Day, Amy. Uh, changes in the hotel room availability near the meeting site, including an unanticipated renovation of a tower of 300 rooms, will still be underway when the SBC convenes. And uh, so many things like had to be changed. Yeah. So they had to delay everything to October 12th. Yes. So that's next Friday. Yes, next Friday. You yeah. can get your hotels yeah. next Yes, so everybody Friday. needs to be ready. On the ready. Ready to go. Um, 8 a.m. 8 a.m. Central Time yes. at sbcannualmeeting.net. Yes. And please remember, when you book, you're not paying as you book. You pay when you go. 
So get your, you can, you don't have to worry about budgeting right now. You can then actually know what it's going to be and make plans. The time to plan to go to the SBC annual meeting is now. Is now. So let's, uh, I'm going to keep doing this every year. I'm pushing to break 10,000. So we'll do it next year. Oh, I know we'll do it in Orlando, but why not try? <laughs> why not? 19? Let's go for why it not in Birmingham? Birmingham. Why not Birmingham? Come on, everybody, get, be a part of the process. So, they, but but they are going to uh, open up some other uh, right. rooms in the area and run shuttle buses because yes. of the uh, the changes that have been made. So they're working with the local arrangements committee in Birmingham uh, and just trying to uh, to get things squared away. Right. So they just needed a little bit more time because of the an- unanticipated and unavoidable. Uh, delay caused by the BJCC folks and, yes. and the people in Birmingham. So nothing at the executive committee had anything to do with this. Um, they're just trying to respond the best they can, and they have. And yes. next Friday, get after it. All right, that's going to do it for the news this week. Bring us to my favorite part of the week. This week in SBC history, Amy, blow our minds. All right, so we're going to go to 1950. And, uh, you know, we have a lot of talk all the time about how the SBC relates to um, the presidents of the United States. Oh, We've always had, you know, we some have visited the annual meeting. Um, we obviously have lots of current conversations. Vice president visited yes, this year. Yes, the vice president visited this year. We Lest also forget. There are also a lot of current conversations about just our relationships with uh, each president of the United States, depending on who's in office and and all of that. So we talk about that a lot. Uh, but in 1950, we received a telegram from uh, Harry S. Truman. He sent it to Dr. C.E. Matthews, superintendent of evangelism. And he just, he said, I note with pleasure the effort Southern Baptists, along with other religious groups, are making to bring about a spiritual awakening in our nation. I wish the blessings of God upon all of these movements in this critical period of spiritual need in all nations. So that was sent. Um, it it came out in the Baptist Press issue October 2nd. I don't know when the telegram was actually sent. Uh, a couple of things of note in this. Uh, one, it's just always fascinating to think because now the president would tweet something like it's, you know, just to think that about is the 21st century telegram. Right. Kind of like the alert we all got. Did you get your alert this I did. week? I yes. Did. A little freaky. It it, it was government, actually government overreach, but that's a different podcast that we can talk about it, later. It but. it was a little freaky. I mean, it. I remember growing up and hearing the little test. Yeah, this is a happen. test of the emergency broadcast system. Uh, so I mean, similar to that, but still, it was a little weird just to see that on and to know everyone's getting it. Anyway, they we have all these ways to communicate, but the telegram went so. Uh, that's interesting. I was also intrigued as to who he sent it to. Like, it didn't go to the Southern Baptist Convention president. <laughs> um, it didn't seem to go to president of uh, the Baptist Sunday School Board or anything like that. It went to the superintendent of evangelism. So I'm actually interested a little bit more in Dr. Matthews and his kind of role he was playing, which is something I haven't researched. And then I'm also intrigued about... Uh, uh, just just about why President Truman did this. So I've I've only just kind of scratched the surface on this, but I want to actually do some looking this week to start understanding what all was happening October 1950 uh, around that time that he would yeah. maybe do that, you know, and say. Mm-hmm. But I think that's pretty cool. So we have been communicating with the President of the United States uh, 
for a long time in different forms or fashions, and it happened this week in SBC history. Very cool. And and we've talked about telegrams before. We sent a telegram to the president one time as the SBC. We did, yes. Uh, to, I think it was to LBJ. Right. So We've uh, done a lot through the years to communicate with presidents mm-hmm. oh, yeah. and other world leaders. But the funny thing is, though, it seemed to start with Truman. Or maybe we just haven't, uh, well, maybe we haven't gone back and looked at the Baptist, how far back did the Baptist press records go that we, that the you The 40s, searched? yeah, okay. no, late, late 40s. So that's explained yeah, why we're not talking to Calvin Coolidge and Woodrow Wilson. Right. Yeah, okay. All right, well, that that, that makes sense because we're, we're not looking in but those I, articles. But I think actually, it's possible. I, that we I do think there are some things you can trace back to around Truman and Eisenhower where religious groups began to have more of a That's role true. in what was happening mm-hmm. um, in the government. And so I'm not sure how much we really were communicating with uh, presidents before that. I yeah. think we may have been just doing our thing, yeah. you know, we just having our churches. communicated with Wilson's wife because, you know, he was like, Laid up in well, bed. for part of the, yeah, for part of his term, she now I've was gotten into Amy's. Uh, she was a wheelhouse violating the Constitution okay. and acting as president of the United That's States the without telling anyone. Yeah, that's the different podcast that we have this. At week least I and, believe uh, that historians you know, are, you know, White House this week with Amy Whitfield. Yes. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. That brings us to our resources of the week. My resource of the week is Global Hunger Relief, which uh, Global Hunger Sunday is next Sunday, October fourteenth. So you got a week to prepare. And promote this in your church. Uh, you should have gotten stuff about this already and been promoting promoting it anyway. If not, you can go to globalhungerrelief.com, find out all the information, print out some uh, inserts for your uh, church and use those in your bulletins. And also take up a special offering for Global Hunger on Sunday, October 14th. Uh, it's a very important Sunday every year. All the money that goes uh, to this offering, 100% goes to fight global hunger. Uh, through their partners, the Baptist Global Relief is one of the partners, and they they have several others as well that they they work with to get uh, to combat global hunger around the United States and the world. And uh, in 2017, the funds were used to distribute more than 14 million meals uh, to people in need. So uh, there's been a lot that has uh, gone on and been done by Global Hunger. We have the the Global Hunger Run every year at the SBC. And uh, you you can be a part of what's going on with Global Hunger this year on Sunday, October 14th. Talk about it. Take up an offering if you can in your church. Pass that money on. All the administrative costs of Global Hunger Relief are taken over uh, by entities of the Southern Baptist Convention. So 100% of that offering money is given straight to fight hunger. Uh, we encourage you to be involved in that and to uh, to help your church uh, be involved in the fight against global hunger. Amy, your resource of the week is? Uh, it's a new book that has come out on ebook this week uh, called Trinitarian Theology, Theological Models and Doctrinal Application. Yeah, Amy wants you to buy those so she can retire because well, who's the editor of this, Amy? So I'll, I'll address that, actually. The editor is Keith Whitfield. Who is? Uh, that's my husband. That's so, right. But... Um, Actually, those royalty money's just pouring in now. Yes, but none not, of those really, royalty, no. none of those dollars will actually uh, do anything for uh, for me personally. Because uh, here's a little story behind this. This came out of a discussion that was happening at the Evangelical Theological Society a few years ago, and Malcolm Yarnell, um, Bruce Ware, and Steve McKinnon. So Malcolm Yarnell yeah. at Southwestern Seminary, Bruce Ware uh, at, Southern. at Southern Seminary, and Steve McKinnon at Southeastern mm-hmm. Seminary um, were 
all sort of discussing different viewpoints. Um, and so this is about which one how, was the modalist? I please don't <laughs> make me none of them, y'all. None of them. We uh, don't details. have modalist teaching in our seminaries. Trust uh, me. You're not funny. Anyway, oh, I, it was funny. I'm trust going, me. Yeah. So it's uh, they're discussing theological methods for forming the doctrine of the Trinity and the implications in applying that doctrine to complementarianism. So this is a conversation that's been going for a few years. So they all shared some different aspects of a panel discussion, um, and then this book was sort of a project out there. Well, not long after that, um, Steve McKinnon was not able to participate in the project yeah. because of Harrison's uh, yeah because cancer. Harrison's son, cancer yeah, recurring cancer. Yeah. So uh, Matt. Emerson, uh, who's at Oklahoma Baptist University, and Luke Stamps, who's at Anderson University, stepped up and they uh, participated in the book. And so that everyone has worked really hard on this. But all um, all royalties from this actually go to the McKinnon family. Excellent. So uh, so that's another reason to Very cool. um, to to buy that. Uh, it is available as an ebook version right now. I believe a print version uh, is coming down the road, uh, but you can get it right now on Word Search or uh, Kindle, <laughs> just different uh, different ways uh, to read it. A lot of people are excited about this. So I've heard a lot of talk about this, and I usually don't hear a lot of talk about it, yeah. um, and, and not from you. I mean, that, right. that's the thing. It's like, yeah, we, we talk a lot, but this is something we haven't talked about. I've heard it from people that I know in the act, uh, the, in the academy right. that have been really excited about this book coming out and really looking forward to it and are really yeah. excited it's out now. Well, it's been it's been an exciting thing in, in my house just because uh, Keith really saw and understood this to be an important conversation yeah. and has a ton of respect for all the people involved in the project and um, really wanted to see this discussion, you know, uh, kind of come to this come forward because uh, we have some incredible southern baptist theologians and this is a great a great way to talk about uh, a conversation and to have a southern baptists doing theology so it's different uh, just different models and views uh really good i highly recommend it all right now you, you'd mentioned southern baptist doing theology we also uh, want to talk about southern baptist doing missiology we have our interview with the hahn family william and his wife heidi hahn uh, who are missionaries in Africa, uh, joined us a couple of weeks ago. We we mentioned it last week on the podcast. That episode is going to drop on Monday, October the 8th. So check that out on Monday. We will be um, giving a, a great, like really firsthand look at what right. your missionaries, your Southern Baptist missionaries are doing overseas. And this is a really unique one because of what Heidi uh, does down yeah, there. She's a surgeon. She's, yeah, she's a surgeon down there. Yeah. So hearing how that platform um, helps her in connecting with patients and uh, just all that she's doing, as well as what William is doing in the churches uh, surrounding the the area, how he's how he is serving them and how he serves the IMB telling the stories in uh, sub-Saharan Africa. Yeah. Their website is uh, she Heidi shares a lot of the uh, the pictures of the surgeries that she's having to do. And it will blow your mind. Some of the stuff, uh, some more graphic images as well, but um, like I'm just blown away at some of the stuff that she encounters on you know a daily and weekly basis over in Africa, and and how she's able to use that to share the gospel uh, with those who, who may never ever hear it, and to not be able to just help their physical needs but their spiritual needs as well. Right, right. So very cool interview. Check that out on Monday. Again, congratulations both to uh, Dahati Lewis and Johnny Hunt on their elections as vice presidents at the North American Mission Board. Thank you, Chuck Kelly, for your service to Southern Baptists at New Orleans. And uh, congratulations, Amy, on a CP meeting the goal once again. 
we turn ourselves now to uh, the 2018-19 budget of $194 million. Let's get there as well. And folks, don't forget, next Friday, get your hotel rooms. Get your hotel rooms. Make your reservations, folks. The yes. time to The time to plan is now. All right. And we'll see you next week. See you next week.